Welcome to the Healthy Dads Podcast. I am Mike Ruman, the founder of HealthyDads.com, where our mission is every dad better. And today on the show, I have my friend, Jeff Rosna, who we met each other a few years ago um, through a, um, a church I work with. And Jeff has a, he has a ministry, he has a book, he has a framework, he has a course that just recently launched. Um, the ministry is Christ-like Dialogue, but Jeff has found a framework to have um, really difficult conversations and something that he's built, tested, taught, um, facilitated with others. And today, Jeff's going to talk to us about that. So, hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing fine, Mike. Thanks for inviting me to share with you this morning. So the the Healthy Dads podcast is kind of this three things, and we we, tr- we try and give give dads three three ways, three tips, three secrets. And today mm-hmm. we're going to talk about three ways to have better conversations. And so we can just kind of dive in, like what what's the first way us dads can have better conversations. I would say from the first conversation you ever have with your child to the last conversation you ever will have with your child, uh, the most important way to have a better conversation is to uh, listen. So that would be number one on my list here of these of these three ways to have better conversations is simply to listen. And it goes along with uh, James 1, 19 through 20. Uh, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And it's important to become an other-minded listener. And along with that, uh, uh, Philippians 2, 4, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Uh, probably starting with your spouse and uh, and your children. So. Um, just encourage you as dads to remember those words, uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, consider their interests, quick to listen, slow to speak, consider their interests, because these are going to be, uh, as you listen, these are going to be opportunities to get to know your children and, uh, uh, and, uh, also opportunities to teach your children. Yeah, I want to piggyback on that. So I, ha- I have four middle school kids, and I I have a lot of um, wisdom to pour into them. But yeah, I realized this that they kind of need to figure this out on their own. And for me to be a, a better listener, I had to learn how to ask better questions and let them do the talking. And even like my son, he just finished his his football season, and he had a couple games where he was kind of down on himself. He didn't need me to. Um, he, he needed me to be there and not like, Hey Cooper, you should have done this or this. Uh, but just, just to ask questions and to just stop talking <laughs> on, on my end. Like I, I found better conversations with my kids when I can just kind of, kind of shut up and like let them just verbal verbalize and, and kind of poke with questions to get, get stuff. Yeah, out that's of great. Them. That's what we're talking about. It's just, uh, uh, we don't have to, uh, uh, give them answers necessarily unless they ask. Uh, just uh, just listen, and a lot of times that is all that's needed is just for us to listen. And I, you know, as as busy as uh, most people are today, uh, if your son or daughter asks you a question and you and you got to go, you're about 
out the door and you just don't have time, just try to try to tell, you know, remember to tell them, uh, I'll get back to you on that. that. That has to go right now, but I'll get back to you on that. And just text yourself, uh, you know, just to, uh, what the question was and to get back to, you know, list their name. And then that evening you can remember to uh, get back to them. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little tip. I think too, it's uh, for me, eye contact. Uh-huh. A couple of weeks ago, my daughter was talking to me and I was doing something else. And she literally grabbed my face and like turned it to her to like look directly at her. Uh-huh. And I had to put down my device and like just look at her as she's talking. And I think that was, was key. Just focusing, but like the eye contact with them is a little, little tip. Yeah, that's good too. Yeah. Our body language, it does, it does matter. We may be listening, but if we're not looking at them and affirming them, uh, they may think we're not listening. So it's good. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh-huh yep. Uh-huh, yeah, dear. Yep. yep uh-huh. Yep. Then you're like, what did I just agree to? Like, <laughs> all right. What's our, what's our second tip we have to be a good listener. Oh, okay. The second tip is to, um, instruct gently and we're going to look at the difference uh, you and i are going to do a role play and uh, we're going to look at the difference between harsh words and gentle instruction i'm going to play the role of the dad you're going to play the role of the son i'll just uh, be the narrator here as well as we get us started uh, in the following scenario a father and his 18 year old son have a difference of opinion the son away at his first year of college calls home and asks his father what he thinks about him getting a, a tattoo. The father tries to discourage his son from getting a tattoo, but uh, then both drop the subject. A couple weeks later, the son comes home for spring break sporting a new tattoo. His mom is out of town to care for her aging mother, so this is to be a special father and son time together. In the two conversations that follow, note the difference in outcome between harsh words and gentle instruction. So the first conversation uh, involves two monologues, two argumentative monologues. Uh, The scenario unfolds as the son's car pulls into the driveway. The father's at the front door to greet him. But as he spots the tattoo, his smile turns to a scowl. He's very upset and responds harshly. His son becomes defensive. Well, look at you. I thought I told you not to get that tattoo. What's wrong with you? But, Dad, all my friends have one. We don't see anything wrong with it. Well, your generation doesn't see a lot of things that are wrong. When I was your age, none of my friends or I ever had a tattoo. Yeah, maybe so, but your generation did a lot of other things that were wrong. If your generation hadn't been so messed up, maybe ours wouldn't be either. You don't talk that way to me, young man. The bottom line is that if you're going to live in this house, you'll live by my rules. I'm the one who's paying for your college. Unless you want to pay yourself, you do as I tell you. Look, I chose to come home over spring break to spend time with you and go fishing like you said. But you know what? Sam said I could go camping with him and his family. So I'm out of here. Sorry I ever came. Packs my bags and slams the door on his way out. That's an example of harsh instruction. Now we'll go to the second conversation. And uh, as we read this, observe the words and implied heart attitudes again. The details remain the same, but the Holy Spirit has prepared the heart and mind of this dad to respond to his son in a more Christ-like way with gentle instruction. As his son's car pulls into the driveway, the father hurries to the door to greet him. Although he notices his son's tattoo, he gives him a big hug. Welcome home, son. It's great to see you. How was your drive home? Great. 
The coals are hot and the steaks will be ready whenever you are. Great. I'm starving. Let me dump this stuff and I'll be right out. The son returns his father's hug. After listening to his son share about his classes and friends at college over dinner, the conversation resumes. Ready for some strawberry shortcake? Yeah, that sounds awesome. I see that you decided to get a tattoo after all. Did it hurt? It did hurt, Dad. I know you tried to talk me out of getting this, but my buddies and I just thought it would be kind of fun if we all got one. Although I'm old school and don't approve of the tattoo, I want you to know that there's nothing you could do that would ever cause me to stop loving you. Thanks, Dad. I love you too. May I share something with you? Sure, Dad. I realize you're at an age where your decisions should be between you and God, but you asked for my advice, and it really hurt me when you ignored my counsel. I didn't mean to hurt you, Dad. I didn't think I ignored you. I remember you tried to discourage me, but you never told me not to get the tattoo. I figured it was my choice. I'm 18 now. That's true, son, and that's my fault. I should have taken more time initially to ask you why you wanted that tattoo and to listen more closely to your response. I was wrong for not praying with you about it as well. Dad, it's my fault too. I probably wasn't listening to you because I really wanted the tattoo. I know you've taught me to pray first about all decisions and to wait patiently for God's answers, but I didn't want to wait. I see now that I just wanted my own way. I'm sorry if my actions have hurt you and if they have hurt God. I will pray and ask God to forgive me. Will you for- forgive me? I do respect you, Dad. Son, I do forgive you. The tattoo isn't the issue. What's of concern is your heart and your character. And you just proved to God and me that both your heart and character are just fine. I'm blessed to have you for a son. I'm sorry, too. I, I really didn't take sufficient time to really listen and talk with you when you first mentioned the possibility of getting at that, too. Uh, will you forgive me? Come on, let's uh, pray together, okay? I do forgive you and would love to pray with you, Dad. Uh, Father and son pray together with the father asking for forgiveness for not being fully available to his son to mentor him in this decision process with God. I sure do love you, son. Okay, now there's three verses here I'd like to read to go along with this and then just a couple questions. Uh, the first one is Proverbs 15.1. Uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger, uh, which you heard from these two examples. Uh, Colossians 3.21, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. In Ephesians 4.2, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Uh, two questions uh, for dads to consider. Uh, have there been times in your life when your Heavenly Father made it clear to you that it wasn't His will for you to do something, but you did it anyway? Did God patiently bear with you, extending His grace by giving you time to repent and mature without withdrawing His love for you? Okay, so that's the second uh, way to have a better conversation. The first one is listen. Second one is to instruct gently. Yeah, that's really powerful. Even just um, what you just said about, like, as, as dads, like, we've screwed up. Yes. And even passing that along to our kids, like, letting them know, like, hey, like, we're not perfect. I've been down this path. I get it. That kind of like that um, that empathy uh-huh. and kind of helps helps bond that relationship between the, between the two. Yes. 
All right. What's our last way to have better conversations? Uh, give your children the freedom to respectfully confront you. Kind of goes along with what we just ended with there. Um, and this would be uh, as your children uh, are are older, say maybe 10 years old or older. Uh, and uh, to to understand what I mean by this, give 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 your children freedom to respectfully confront you. Uh, God gave me practice with my sons. Uh, they're they're older now and all grown up, but when they were younger, uh, around oh this age range from around ten to eighteen, uh, I I try to remember to ask them once or twice a year, uh, what don't you like about me as a dad, and how can I be a better dad? Uh, and they were always glad to answer those questions. Uh, the, uh, the first one, my oldest son said, uh, dad, you're an overthinker and an overplanner. And I said, well, thank you, Rob. I am an overthinker and overplanner. I said, maybe that'll help me loosen up a little bit and live a day at a time. Uh, another time we, uh, God blessed us with a, uh, claims adjusting business, uh, uh, many years ago. It was towards the start of the ministry. And uh, God used it kind of as my tent-making ministry, like Paul. Uh, uh, we didn't make tents, but we adjusted property claims and uh, uh, for nine years. And it helped to uh, put my sons through college. And the neatest privilege, though, was I had the opportunity to work with my sons uh, for those nine summers uh, uh, as they were going to college. And one day, uh, and this, and they they had had quite a bit of experience already. They knew what they were doing. And uh, one day, after a long day's work, I asked them those same questions. And this time, they respectfully implied that I was a controller. Uh, they said, "You know, Dad, uh, you're not giving us a lot of uh, opportunity to uh, do s some of this work that we uh, would." some of the tasks that we think we could do better uh, and uh, would enjoy more. And uh, uh, you're just kind of telling us what to do every day. And uh, I said, okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, tonight what I'd like you to do is uh, think of which of the tasks that you do feel most gifted at and enjoy doing the most. And that's what I'd like you to do tomorrow. And I'd also like you to give me my assignment. Uh, and they did that, and the next day uh, was great. So uh, uh, lesson learned uh, by me. And I do think we can, uh, uh, if we uh, give our children that freedom, and it's important to emphasize as long as they do it respectfully, uh, we uh, we can learn a lot. Uh, from them. They, I mean, they're with us every day. They know us pretty well. They can see some things that we don't. One, And just one last example, uh, I was riding in the car with my youngest son, Travis, who's a witty one and pretty outspoken anyway. We're driving along and we had a disagreement. I began to realize that he was right and I was wrong. So I said, Travis, I was wrong, but and no sooner I said the word, but he raises his hand. He said, Dad, I just want to hear you say these three words. I was wrong. So I looked over, I smiled at him, I said, Travis, I was wrong. And I thanked him because I was trying to justify myself and, and didn't need to because I was wrong. And uh, so, 
You know, those three words are pretty powerful. I was wrong. They can uh, restore a marriage. Uh, they can keep a church from splitting. Uh, and they can even prevent wars uh, if people in authority are, are willing to uh, uh, say those words with sincerity. And it's it, it especially true as well uh, with dads and our children. If we are wrong, to be humble enough to sincerely say to our child, uh, I was wrong. Uh, will you forgive me? Three very powerful words. Hey, what was that first question? I love the way you phrased that. I got the, how can I be a better dad? But what was that first? Um, oh, what don't you like about me as a dad? Yeah, that's good. And, you know, some of us, you know, it's pretty easy as a dad, you know, being in a position of authority is pretty easy to tend to be a controller. I remember I did a seminar years ago. Uh, it was mostly young couples. And one of the dads, he's probably about 40 years old. On the evaluation form at the end, his comment was, uh, this teaching has enabled me to change from being a dictator to a father motivated by love for my children. I waited a couple of months and I called him up and I said, uh, how's your relationship with your kids? And he said, it's great. He says, we're doing real well. So that was encouraging. I love it. Cool. Um, I want to highlight a resource. You have a book, Christlike Dialogue. Um, engaging in conversations that honor God. And then you and I worked recently to turn that into an online course so people can go through the material. They can, they can buy the physical book or they can buy the online course. They can buy them both. But it's it's a, it's a an online course they can take, kind of go through each of the, the lessons. And then you also have um, kind of like these cheat sheets you can print off when you have you know want to have conversations. You can follow your framework uh, for that. And so ChristlikeDialogue.org is the website. Um, are you still doing trainings with churches? Uh, we, uh, we are doing trainings, uh, not as often. I used to do a lot of uh, half-day seminars and full-day seminars. But, uh, you know, people aren't holding still that long anymore, it seems like. So uh, we do, we kind of tailor for a church or an organization uh, how they would like it. A lot of times it, it might be uh, a one hour presentation uh, or it might be a workshop at a, uh, 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 for a Bible study or at a, at an annual conference for a, a parachurch ministry. Uh, but we, we present this in a lot of different ways and, uh, we actually don't really, uh, tell people we just offer this and that's it. We, we say, what would you like? You know, how can we serve you? Yeah. And what I like too, is you have a lot of um, train the trainer. So if there's any pastors listening, teachers who want to want to kind of pass on a framework to, to help kids and married couples and teens to have better, better conversations, they can reach out to you. Yes. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is uh, more of what we're uh, been doing and, and would like to do is, uh, uh, just some coaching and mentoring, uh, helping to equip because the book, uh, the small group study, uh, uh, people can go through on their own as a life group or small group within a congregation, uh, or at work, uh, and, uh, the online course as well. They can go through on their own or, or with a group. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thanks for your time. Thanks for your friendship and thanks for giving me a tool that I've been using in my own, um, business as well as as marriage and parenting 
Thank you, Mike. And, and can, I, can I just close with one other comment real quick? Do you have time? You bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just to wrap up these three ways I have better, better conversations uh, for those who are listening is first, listen. Second, instruct gently. And third, give your children freedom to confront you. But I'd like to close with this passage of Scripture. Uh, as soon as Jesus, uh, Matthew three sixteen through 17, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I think Jesus, knowing that, uh, wasn't a problem for him being obedient to his Father's commands. So my encouragement to you as dads is may your children know they are loved by their dad and that you are well pleased with them. I love it. Powerful, simple, something we can all do today with our with our kiddos and just got to put that into practice. All right, Jeff, thank you again, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you, Mike.